0: Moses said, I have never been eloquent, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. But the Lord said, Who gives speech to mortals? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to speak. May the Lord be with my mouth and teach me to speak. Amen. In our lesson from Acts today, we pick up the adventures of Paul and Silas where we last left them, couch surfing at Lydia's house in Philippi. And as they're heading down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, who shall wear the starry crown and all that jazz, they come across a woman possessed by a spirit of divination and they cast out the spirit. Then they go to jail. They sing some hymns. God sends an earthquake to free them. They tell the jailer about Jesus, and everyone lives happily ever after. The end. Classic Sunday school Bible story, right? Just just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. But if we read Luke a little bit closer, Luke, the author of Acts, um, Luke tells us that the woman who was possessed was enslaved and that her enslavers made a great deal of money by her fortune-telling. That is, this woman has been possessed by a demon, and her enslavers, for the love of money, have found a way to exploit her misfortune. In our modern society, we are no strangers to exploitation of others and particularly the exploitation of others' misfortune or weakness, all for the sake of wealth, possession, or profit. Whether it's payday and title loan companies that charge exorbitant interest on loans to our neighbors who have fallen on unlucky times and have no other choice but to either go without food or go without home, or a supply chain that uses exploitative labor practices because our consumerist society demands ever more for ever cheaper, or the 27th school shooting this year on the 21st week of the year. Also, gun manufacturers can continue to sell weapons to those who shouldn't have them, and now perhaps body armor in the back-to-school section. We are no strangers to exploitation indeed. So we read this passage, and it feels a little bit deeper and a little more relevant. And Paul and Silas still feel like the heroes, freeing a woman from the exploitation of her oppressors and the torment of a demon. But there's something funny about it. The scripture says she followed Paul and us, and she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Annoyed. It's a funny motivation for the hero of the story. Not compassion, not mercy, Not even righteous indignation, but very much annoyed. Most of our modern translations also use the word annoyed. Older translations, though, translate the word variously as wearied, worn out, sore, troubled, or grieved. The Greek word used here is diaponeome which carries a connotation of pain and physical exhaustion. Exasperation might be a good word. And exasperation is a word I can relate to. I'm exasperated too. Because when I come here every week and proclaim a God who commanded that we care for the poor, for widows, for prisoners and foreigners since the time of the pharaohs, and whose cries came to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release for the captives, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, whose love demands that I love all of these people as my own self. And then I go out into the world, and I see the ways in which God's children are neglected and exploited, and it seems like there's only so much I can do or nothing I can do, or perhaps I cannot even fathom what could be done or how our world could be different. See that, and I get frustrated, exasperated, exhausted, worn out, sore, troubled, grieved, and even very much annoyed. Perhaps this is what Luke means when he says that Paul is annoyed. After all, Paul could not conceive of a world without slavery. No conception of it. And yet, in many of his writings, we can glean that he's not totally comfortable with the institution. Even if he's not totally sure what to do about it. And so, after seeing this woman day after day, possessed by a spirit exploited by her enslavers, he grows annoyed in this sense and finally does something and casts out a demon. But make, mo- make no mistake, it is not Paul at work here, but the Holy Spirit. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus prays that his church may be one in the same way that the Father and the Son are one and that the church may be one with the Father and the Son in that same way. It's no accident that this scripture comes the Sunday before Pentecost when we celebrate the Holy Spirit descending upon the church. Because it's through the Holy Spirit that that oneness that Christ prays for is achieved. It is through the Holy Spirit that God's will is made known to its church and that God's power is given to the church. It was the Holy Spirit that opened Paul's heart to God's will so that even though he could not conceive of a world without slavery, he could not stand a slave woman's exploitation at the hands of a demon and a slave master. But because he could not, just as we cannot, fully comprehend the will of God, he just grows annoyed. But it was also by the power of the Holy Spirit that he's able to cast out a demon in the name of Christ Jesus and in the woman's exploitation, at least in this one way. And it is the same Holy Spirit 18 centuries later that would lead the church and abolitionists to finally abolish the institution of slavery. And that same Holy Spirit that would, one century after that, lead civil rights leaders to call for and work towards an end to institutional racism. And that same Holy Spirit works today. When I step down out of this pulpit, we will proclaim, in the words of the Nicene Creed, the oneness that Christ prayed for. We will proclaim one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And by doing so, we will proclaim that the Holy Spirit is active in the church and imparts the will of God to it, even if imperfectly. And we'll proclaim that we have the power to cast out demons through the Holy Spirit, We have the power to cast out the demons of exploitation, of selfishness, of greed, and of every other thing that leaves no room for the love of Christ. To cast them out from our society. If only we believe. If only we are one in the Holy Spirit. And so, beloved, when Myra dismisses us today listen to the exact words that she uses, and then ask, as the church, what is very much annoying us? What is sore troubling us? What is grieving us? And is that the Holy Spirit communicating the will of God to us even if we cannot fully understand it? And if we are truly one, as we proclaim... What demons of greed, of selfishness, and exploitation will we cast out? And then, let's go cast them out, beloved. Amen.